Mac Jones is ripped. The Celtics may actually trade for Kevin Durant, and The Ringer has a new Boston show. I'm Brian Barrett, the host of Off the Pike, the show covering all things Boston sports. I'll have shows multiple times a week covering your favorite teams and with your favorite Ringer and local guests. Plus, maybe Bill will stop by to rant about the Sox. Follow Off the Pike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Hey, this is Kevin O'Connor. We have a special edition emergency podcast with me and Jake Heilman following the debuts of Victor Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson. We were in the building tonight, fired up seeing these guys exceed expectations. Victor Wembenyama with 37 points on 7-11 from three. Scoot Henderson with 28 points, nine assists, five rebounds, led the Ignite to the victory. But man, Kyle, Victor Wembenyama is definitely the guy tonight that I want to talk about first because I came away tonight after watching him drop 37, five blocks, dominate on defense. I think it's official. Victor Wembenyama is the best projected number one pick since LeBron James. Whoa. I mean, it's going back a long way. You you start to kind of round and, and look at what the high kind of spike points are of like, can't miss guys at that level like and and it's hard to think back about those players and think about like the expectations when we tab somebody as being generationally spe- special you know for some people they are circling around and, and finding more about Vic finding out more about Vic right now but we he's not a new commodity he's been on the radar for quite some time there's been a lot of like whispering about who he is as a player and how exciting he is. How long ago was that clip where he's playing one-on-one with Rudy Gobert? I feel like that was kind of a kick the door down kind of moment. Was sure. That, was I mean, 20- we, we've seen, I think maybe last year or the yeah. year prior, it all blend, it's all blended together. Sure. But we've seen those flashes, but we haven't seen it on this stage against this level of competition or at the level that he's doing it. I mean, this dude hitting step back three pointers, you know, in transition, sprinting off the catch, finishing inside, coming from weak side blocks against like speedy guards like Scoot Henderson, blocking his jump shot multiple times throughout the game. We should get to the defense. I, I think totally that like starting from your thing about like the best since LeBron. Yeah, 03. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So that mean, that means better than Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, either of them projected sure. as one. Anthony Davis. Better than Zion. AD, better than Zion. At seven foot four with his eight foot wingspan. Barefooted. Barefooted. Should, yeah, yes. So. Barefooted, seven foot four, eight foot wingspan, skill level, intelligence, mm-hmm. good head on his shoulders, works hard, great kid, wants to be coached, all those intangible things on top of what we saw tonight with him just dominating. Like you said, defense, that gives him a baseline, right? Like oh, where yeah. he can be one of the best defenders in basketball. I had that thought a lot as we were watching it. I mean, like offensively, what he did was, um, if, if you look at it in, in the raw, simplest kind of like uh, crude way, you could just say, well, he just hit jump shots. He did, but jump shots are not all created equal, as we know. There are a lot of different separators between the types of shots. There are some guys who can literally just catch and shoot, like Davis Bertans, like pretty much just going to catch and shoot. Guys that can kind of get to theirs quickly, hit it fluidly in transition at his size. I just don't know how many like coordinated, skilled guys there are um, at, at his at his remarkable measurements. Um, if he could just be a rim protector and that, that's enough to be like a dominant, like all NBA type player. Well, to, to your point, you mentioned Bertans. Carl Anthony Towns came to mind as you were saying that Cat is one of the most skilled big men in all of basketball. But from three point range, he's typically a stationary. Three-point guy, he can come off some actions, some off-screen actions. He can hit an occasional off-the-dribble jumper. But Victor Wembanyama, we saw him tonight sometimes rip down a defensive rebound, go coast to coast. And he had an air ball at one point. It was kind of a heat check. But the fact is, is is for Wembanyama to be in a position where he can fluidly get into some side-dribble three-pointers. He hit one from the corner. That was a side-dribble. Step-backs. Like, he he has a range of ability to hit shots from the perimeter. And never mind if you move him inside the arc. We saw tonight the post moves, high post, low post, some of the turnarounds that he can hit. He has that all in his bag as he's shown for years, like you said. Yeah. But tonight we saw like this guy in clutch moments, in big moments down the stretch of that game because Metro was down at half. Mm-hmm. And down big. I think down they big. went down 20 at one point. Or and, and did didn't it, it felt like the G League Ignite might run away with that game and we might not get a close one. But that was close down the stretch because Wembanyama dominated both ends of the court. And he said after the game, he's like, he said he talked to the team at halftime. 18-year-old kid says he talked to the team at halftime. He's like, I don't want to lose this game. We get a step up. And they did, led by him and his efforts on both ends of the court. I, I thought it was just an absolutely – Magnificent, memorable performance. One of those things where it's like, where were you when you saw this? We oh were there, gosh. Kyle. We were crazy. there. We were there. And we had a lot of conversations about, we didn't know what this was going to be. Sometimes these can be, you trot the guys out there. It's just kind of ho-hum. And it was making me think back about like the times in my like life as a basketball fan when I can remember watching a showcase you know, sometimes you'll have guys come up against each other in college and it'll be a matchup. Maybe it doesn't quite deliver, but just like having two guys that are like bona fide for sure gonna be, or they're projected to be the top of the draft. And not just that, like a strong draft that like evaluators are like, these are like superstar level players. How often does that really happen? I was trying to think back. I mean, you think about like Carmelo and LeBron played Oak Hill, played St. Vincent back in like 2002, speaking of LeBron. Um, but just those head-to-head matchups, we saw like Chet and Paolo, but it didn't really deliver. Like today, this w- and to be fair, this wasn't like a competitive like college environment where it was like 
winning, you know, winning was like the most important thing. It is important. You like to see it, but man, there was just something in the air immediately. You know, we heard earlier in the week, we had, and Dylan was, Dylan Berkey, our producer, who I was sitting next to during the game, was telling me just that like the Victor quote that went viral about like, if I hadn't been born, you'd be the number one pick, <laughs> which I'd heard that it was a little more jovial, like lighthearted yeah. than, than maybe people let on. But, it definitely was. But yeah. Scoot came out like, uh, you, you don't want to like overvalue this, but you definitely want to keep it in mind is like guys that shrink from the moment uh, are, are tough. You kind of have to keep your eye on them as they develop it. But Scoot definitely came in here tonight to prove a point. I think it affected how he played a little bit. We could talk about that, but uh, they just together rose to the occasion, man. I mean, it really one of the more incredible like draft-driven events that I've ever been to, especially for an exhibition. Just blew my mind. Well, the crowd was filled with GMs, scouts, evaluators, and media everywhere from you know across the entire country, across the world. Right, some international scouts in the crowd as well. So, like atmosphere-wise, like this, like tonight, I thought it was about moments. Like you said, it wasn't about the results. It was about those moments that we saw, and there were so many from both of these guys. Like even at the end of the game, a moment that sticks in my mind with Victor Wembanyama was his teammate Tremont Waters threw the ball out of bounds, <laughs> and I looked straight. SEC legend. Tremont yeah, Waters. I, I turned straight to Victor Wembanyama. He's clapping his hands cheering on his teammates, next play mentality. Then he blocks a shot. Then he hits a big three, continues talking, communicating on defense, showing leadership. I'm like, yo, this dude's 18. And like, those are the little things in addition to the big highlight plays that are going to stick in my mind when I remember this game. What What is like the one moment that's going to stand with, stick with you, Kyle, oh. from Victor Wembanyama? If you have to pick one, is there a sequence, a play, a block? I went into this event, and this is something that Dylan and I were talking about. That like we, I really wanted to be eye level for this because normally with basketball, if you want to see, it's kind of the thing you, you want to have the right angle to kind of see what's going on in certain situations. But for some athletes, I choose to get, you know, down at eye level. And and Wimbanyama, yeah, well, sorry, Wimbanyama is is one of those guys that I really really wanted to see, uh, and. I'm serious. I think the thing at the beginning of the game was just like he, I think he came from the weak side and just erased uh, a drive. I think it was Scoot. I can't remember the exact, I need to go pull the highlight up, but it was just breathtaking. And, and, and that was something that I kept thinking about a lot is uh, when somebody's that big, um, we enjoy them just like in terms of like the entertainment of like, you get excited about what this person might do. But on some level, it's kind of like, He's used to being as big as he is, I'm sure. But like the reaction from the crowd when he came out, um, <laughs> it was just incredible. Like uh, like a lot of just uh, grown adults uh, filming him with their phone. But I, I think that like that was the most memorable moment was when he blocked that shot. And I think he hit a three not long after that. But um, just the functionality of his size, I think it really made an impression on me in that moment. Who does, who does Victor Wembanyama remind you of? And the reason why I ask, ask this is because after the game, I asked him, I was like, hey, there's a lot of bigs nowadays, including you, who are doing perimeter stuff. 
who were the players when you were first falling in love with basketball that you liked watching that you searched for on YouTube? And he didn't give any names. Oh, uh, you know, he, he's like, oh, I, oh, I've always played like this. I don't really, I can take things from people's games, but I don't yada, yada, yada model. model I came out really. fully formed yeah, with totally. no oh, influences. Yeah. No right. influences at all. Anyway, <laughs> Kyle, when you watch Wembenyama, which players from the past do you see in his game? Who would you compare him to? Is there anybody you would fuse together to make Victor Wembenyama? Um, the thing that's really interesting about him is that like the physique is so unique and special and the coordination is so unique and special. We've had some guys recently, like we kind of thought Porzingis might be this, but he's more talented on both ends than, than Porzingis. Um, hopefully far more durable. That's, that, that's another conversation. You kind of reach back, man. I mean, like I, I was telling somebody tonight that like I, I spent some time for a project I did where I was like watching a lot of like young Kareem. And Kareem was like a legit 7'2 with really long arms, but could really move, was fluid and coordinated. Man, I mean, sometimes I get that vibe when I watch Wimby yeah. on a, uh, I can't say his name tonight, but uh, Wimby. Uh, and the other one that people bring <laughs> up Vic. is, uh, <laughs> yes, Vic, we'll call him Vic. Um, the other one is Ralph Sampson. People yeah, bring broadcast mentioned that tonight. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sampson is a guy, and you, you're talking about like, you know, the the way that we play today, obviously affecting those things. Those two players, I think, definitely could have played based on their skill sets and their coordinations and things like that. Those are two guys that come to mind. Uh, do you have any that that are that kind of pop off for you? I mean, the for me, like I think this somebody he's probably searching for on YouTube when he was younger. Has to be Kevin Durant. I know that's who. It's it's got it's got to be yeah. Kevin Durant, and, he, and even if he's never nearly as skilled as KD as a scorer, which by the way, that's not an insult. KD is one of the greatest, if not the greatest scorer of all time. High bar. But the, it's clear just the way he moves in the dribble package that this is somebody who's watched KD with his long limbs and his ability to still create his own shot. Like I, I just see that comparison like a bigger form, and mm-hmm. it's just going to be a matter of. When Benyama at lower levels has shot, you know, sub 20%. That's what I want to bring up. Yeah. Like we saw him crush tonight from three-point range. What level is he really as a shooter is going to determine whether this guy is seven foot four worthy of even being mentioned as like a KD influenced player mm-hmm. or whether that this is just, you know, a hot night for him. And he's going to be a 30% three-point shooter throughout his career. Even, you know, you mentioned Porzingis and passing there. KP's like a 34% guy. Yeah. It's not like KP has ever become 39, 40% from three. Cat is that guy. Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns is that guy. If Wemben Yama can reach cat level in terms of percentages as a three-point shooter, like it's over. It's done. If this guy can be dirt, cat, whatever, as a three-point shooting big with that dribble package, like, yo, there's nothing you can do. Yo. Nothing you can do to stop him. Nothing, because he. By the way, we haven't even mentioned that he can pass a little bit too. Uh, a good bit. Uh, I I think that it's the the point about his percentages is a good one. I think that you kind of like he's he's great from the line. These are the positives if you if you wanted to believe it. He's great from the line. Um, he looks the part for a guy with hands his size. I mean, they have to be eleven inch hands or bigger. They're they're just gigantic. Like every time he would follow through, I, I've never been so. <laughs> fixated on somebody's follow-through um yeah his hands look like that what's the cover of that tool album where the, they have the, those long is it schism you know no, what i'm talking about that might be yeah, a, yeah. that's a pull <laughs> uh no but like um he's he looks the part as a shooter so i would lean towards believing in it mm. you know carl was a little more like consistent 
in terms of his percentages from level to level as he was coming up. But, um, I mean, geez, dude, if you're going to get, like, the uh, a departure from who Carl is as a player is that, like, if Vic is going to be able to be, like, a freelancing rim protector at all levels like that, um, he's quick to the ball. He really surprised Scoot on one play on a, on a pull-up jumper. Scoot adjusted oh, yeah. to his credit. But there was a moment early in that game where you could tell Scoot was just like, oh, like this dude is like longer than anyone I've ever. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he got one later in the game too. Like he gets his hands on a lot of jump shots. He's disruptive at the rim. I even think there were some foul calls that weren't great on him throughout yeah. the night. Um, but that's just not a combination that you typically get from a player. That kind of rim protection, that kind of shooting. At a baseline, he's got, you know, Gobert-esque level defense potential. He doesn't roll to the rim that often. He's picking popping a bunch, but if necessary, with a with a dominant you know perimeter guard that he's paired with, you're going to see him rolling to the rim, getting lob opportunities. He's going to be shooting seventy plus percent in the paint, uh, you know, off roll opportunities, cutting opportunities. He's going to be productive from the post. If the three point shot comes along with his handle, like there's not no stopping Victor Wembanyama. Let's talk about Scoot Henderson, Kyle. Scoot Henderson on the other side of this game tonight led the G League Ignite to the victory. 28 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. Scoot Henderson came away from this game. I'm feeling even better about him personally. I interviewed him earlier in the week, and he told me that his jumper has improved. He worked on it. Granted, it's just one game. I thought he looked good as a shooter. Oh, yeah. uh, what do you think? Of, what's your takeaways from Scoot Henderson tonight? I mean, for both of these guys, I think the shot making was a little bit out of body at different times. I mean, like we saw like what a high watermark can look like for these guys. I think the most important thing, and this is what I come back to a lot, is that like if you think about the the benchmark for what these really hyper athletic point guards, because Scoot is probably 6'2". I've always said that like I legitimately think he has the athleticism of like an NFL corner. Like I mean, he has that. Type he played of, like, safety and corner growing up. Yeah, he's got that sort of like tight core strength. Um, his pace for his age and for the tools that are available to him. I think I talk a lot about like when you have crazy physical tools when you're younger. A lot of times that can def that can affect when you're playing at the youth level. Um, you're going to be able to go to that whenever you want. And I think the maturity to like hold back and show restraint is really impressive. So if you if you see somebody like Scoot, um, I just thought tonight he played with a lot of pace. I mean, I, I like that just purely in the we could talk about like his personality, which I think we will. But um, he just looked under control a lot. He was really looking to score more, I think, motivated by things uh, that, that are obvious, I think. But um Got to the rim. I thought he handled the ball really well. In the traffic. at rim finishing was gorgeous. Like he gets blocked by Wembenyama a couple of times, but the at rim finishing, like this dude's putting so much English on the ball off the backboard to you know go up and under, finish around Wembenyama's long eight foot wingspan. I thought I thought he did a sensational job going against the longest player that he's ever faced. Like to me, this that bodes really well for what he can become in an NBA environment when he's going against you know uh, uh, Chet or Robert Williams or Rudy Gobert, whoever oh, yeah. it might be. Like he might be shorter and he might be speedy and he and he's athletic, but he's also got you know body control and skill and finesse around the rim in addition to that of just pure athleticism and explosiveness. Yeah. I, and I think as a finisher, I don't know that he's necessarily like an elite in terms of like craftiness, like in terms of not like, Kyrie level. No, he's not, he doesn't, but he doesn't really have to. It's like he he he's like 
accessing the square in a way that like those guys don't necessarily do because Kyrie more below the rim. Yeah, and he can he can the flips and he the, can be above the rim. He did tests with Benyama. He went for a dunk and, and when oh, Benyama yes, got he caught. Did. <laughs> yeah, Vic seemed uh, put off by that yeah. suggestion. But I, th- I think their back and forth was just the really fun part about that. Like mm-hmm. I thought that Vic came out and was just like, you talk about the moment. I mean, he missed a couple, unfazed. What's really hilarious was like being in the gym, Scoot had a family contingent there, contingency there Going that was wild. Like, I mean, like the back and forth, I'm sure it was all good natured, but I mean, they, uh, they were just kind of like jeering at the, uh, I sound 80, they were jeering him. Um, no, just like yelling at the, at the, at the, the the opposing play, the Metro players. And, uh, (laughs) it was just kind of a back and forth all night uh, that that amused me. I mean, it was a competitive game. It, It definitely wasn't a like, um, just you know, like it didn't turn into like one of those run out all star kind of like this game means nothing. It was competitive. They were, they were trying to play. Uh, Tremont Waters was a little bit frustrating for me as like a pick and roll partner for for Vic, but but other than that, um, I was just impressed that like throughout the game they would have these lulls that were clearly defined by times when they weren't going to to Vic as much as they should have. Yeah. Like. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah, with Scoot, I, I thought throughout the game, you mentioned how he was definitely trying to score. Oh, he had yeah. a score first mentality with a lot of the jumpers that he was taking and getting to the rim. Really attack mode from him. But he also did have nine assists, no turnovers, limited mistakes, and made some really great reads. I remember one he had, I believe it was in the second quarter, where he attacked the paint. Victor Wembanyama rotates over. And he just made a gorgeous kickout pass to the left corner for a three-pointer. And I believe that shot missed, if I remember correctly. Right. The one that I have in my mind. But like the, this guy throughout the night, I thought, did a great job of toggling between scoring and playmaking. And Scoot Henderson, even though he's somebody who talks trash, you know, at one point, like he's giving a stare down to the <laughs> to the opponent bench, just like really gave him a long stare down while shaking his head, like <laughs> like you can't yeah. stop me. He's he's not a ball hog, and he shares the ball and he distributes. And so I I think the best the best players are able to to go between those modes, know when to score, know when it's time to facilitate. And he, and he seems to have at 18 years old, a really good instinct for that. Like, do you, do you, do you see that level, a high level of playmaking in Scoot Henderson, or do you kind of see him as maybe a, a tier below some of those top level playmakers, assuming like Chris Paul is number one, you know, jaws up there as well. Yeah. For young guys, I like, where does Scoot rank up? More creative than CP3, honestly, in, ter- in terms of like craft and like sh- and like passing vocab, I, 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 the types of passes that he can make, but also like different types of things are available to him. So where does anyway, Scoot but, rank but, up? But, with but them? think, yeah, like not not to overparse that part of it. Um, 
I don't know that I would put him in that like elite create creativity. Uh, past a certain hour of the day, my like accent just starts just let it really out. Let it certain out. parts are creative. Let it all out. Uh, no, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't quite put him in that tier. Um, I think, but but I do think he's willing, and we're also kind of at the early stages of that part of his life as a basketball player. And I, th- I think you made a good point about so long as he is aggressive and toggling wisely between when and picking his spots between, you know, because if he was like a bullheaded, like I have to score all the time player. Um, he's not Colin Sexton. That was and, the and, first and, name that came to mind. Yeah. He's not that. And, and like the comparisons there, you know, smaller, you know, bulldog guards, but Sexton's not a playmaker like Scoot. No, no, he's he, he doesn't ha- quite have that in his bag. I, I would just say that he he has a sense for, for point guards. You, a lot of times, you want to see them have an understanding of like when they've done their job. You know, like if you get in the pain, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to. Uh, you know, it's like a, a, a shot call doesn't mean a shot taken. Kind of like they say in football. Sometimes it's like he get, he got in the lane and, and made the kind of right kind of like kick out reads and things like that, and that's good enough for now. You, you know, we saw. Donovan Mitchell make huge leaps over time on that one in terms of like learning to flip the floor, learning when to make those like cross court reads, things like that. Those things can can come in time. (laughs) You don't have to be a Lamelo level creator to 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 be effective. So Scoot's a a, a, you know couple notches below them in your opinion, but I mentioned the shooting up top with him and how much that looks like it's improved. Just one game, small sample size, blah 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 blah. But I thought the shot looked good. He's always shot well from the free throw line. It's always had great touch around the rim. To me, like that's all translatable for him to eventually someday become a very reliable perimeter shooter. As somebody who, you know, he loves Russell Westbrook. As somebody he likes to model his game afterwards. You know, like it's clear to me, you know, that influence is there, including like with the intensity and then the emotion. But he's going to be a more efficient shooter than Russell Westbrook ever was. Yeah. Uh, like with Scoot Henderson, is his upside best guard in the NBA? Do you see that upside with him? Do you like wh- where? How high are you on Scoot Henderson as a point guard prospect in the NBA? Uh, I'm not ready to totally go there. I don't know that I'm totally. Are you even gonna- locked with, locked in it with him at number two? It's so early to say, man. I, I think that like the the two way impact of of uh, Wimby is significant enough that like I, he he will have to be unseated for me. I and there's well, some number the, two though with, with Scoot with Scoot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I say I'm sure about that. Past that, like I, I'm I need a little more data to come in. Like, so I, no falling for Scoot then because you don't they, see a Thompson twin or any of the college guys surpassing scoot i could see the conversation kind of evolve we we saw the best version of his like dribble pull up tonight like we saw that and if you think about like in terms of that class of guys like i was talking about like the the incendiary nuclear athlete point guard guys like in terms of that on the shooting side of the spectrum he's ahead of a lot of those guys but he's not quite like the passer like you think about jaws a similar kind of thing he's not a passer like jaw but he's also a better shooter probably long term than jaw um there's some things that I think need to shake out that before I make like a call. I mean, he was he was just super impressive. He's he always looks poised. I, I was making the point uh, when Charks and I were here in December when we saw the G League showcase and Ignite played. He looked like the most poised guy then on a team with Dyson Daniels and, and Jaden Hardy. Um, he's just uh, he's in a good spot for his development, is what I would say. The argument against him will be the fact that he's six foot three and how that can influence him on defense. That's generous. I think he's six one or two. However, he's short. 
the effort is there on defense. Oh, yeah. The intensity. He can lock in, get in a guy's grill, man-to-man situations. We did see him you know, really compete tonight. What's your evaluation of Scoot Henderson on defense? Um, I don't know how... Sh- I don't know how firmly I want to go on the record here with this one yet. I mean, in terms of he's still learning the game. I mean, in terms of his athletic tools, they're off the charts. And carrying goes a long way. I think that that's a crazy good starting point. You don't want to over-evaluate guys at this age defensively either. Um, but he's had an advantage of like getting into advanced kind of scheme scenarios, whereas a lot of guys would be kind of messing around in high school. Um, if you watch Scoot in high school, it was a lot of just kind of wild freelancing and things like that. So he's, um, I think that the upside is super high. I mean, like he he could become with his tenacity and with his physical tools, um, he has the potential to become an incredible on-ball defender. What do you think? I agree. I think Scoot Henderson right now, I'd have him locked in at two. Maybe that changes throughout the year. We'll see how some of these college guys develop. But Are you a Nick Smith guy? I like Nick Smith. You know, we'll see. We'll see how his year goes. It's I'm a great a start Smith for guy. Scoot. Is this with Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson? Is this the best one-two that we've seen since Katie Odin, since Zion Ja? Where does this one-two rank up? You know, less than a year from the draft right now. Still early in the process, but not that early. We're here. It's October. Oh man, let's think back about our one twos. I mean, Zion Jaw is a pretty. pretty that's a that's a great good one. one. That's a really great one. Um, see who's two in that LeBron draft? Was that Darko? Uh, yeah, Darko. <laughs> well, let's let's go one three. Let's go one three in that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you think back about like I I will defend Greg Oden as a prospect. Uh, I love Oden as a prospect. He he his body broke down. He was not a bust. Yeah. I think that was a pretty. That was a pretty good one. I mean, it, it could be a lot of things. I think it's going to be Odin Durant since it then. Probably yeah. is. I, I just hope Vic stays healthy. That's another yeah. thing too, because he he gets banged around a lot. The scoot too, scoot too. You know, like athletic guards sometimes smaller frames. A lot of torque on those mm-hmm. on those joints. I I mean, we've seen the scares with Jaw. What do you think about his is sort of a thing about like landing and being so like bendy. It always makes yeah. me nervous. What do you what do you think about Vic's frame filling out? Do you have an opinion on that? From what I've, you know, gathered talking to some NBA people and just, you know, looking at the, the wider shoulders, I think that leads to some optimism for his ability to put on some healthy amount of weight. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be like Giannis, who was very wide even when he was lanky coming in. He's not as lean as Chet. No. You know, so I think he has the wider shoulders, wider hips, where he's going to have, he does have a frame to put on some more weight. The question is, at his height, considering the the durability issues of seven plus footers throughout NBA history, that in and of itself does raise concern about how healthy he's going to be able to stay throughout his career. Like, if there's any argument against Victor Wembanyama as the number one pick. It has to be due to a team being freaked out about some medical issue Mm -hmm. that we don't know about at this time in October, but may arise in May or June. That's about it, I think, you know, for Victor Wembanyama not to be number one. Like, would you agree there? Is that it? Is there there a basketball argument against it? I I I don't think so. It is contingent on some of the the other parts of his game evolving. I mean, like we didn't really see much in between game other than like a, he had those like post fades where he was. I mean, that's pretty good, Kyle. It's pretty that's great. Pre- I'm just kind of thinking about like what 
you know, you're, you're nitpicking. Like, what what do we, what else do we see? Are we going to see him be – because we saw him last year if you watched his games. I mean, the, there was a lot of, like, he was he would wander the perimeter and things like that. I mean, he was just so skinny. I, the physical part of it um, – How much of that is the lack of a great point guard to get him the ball? It makes a big difference for some of these younger center yeah. prospects, the guys that are NBA spacing with heavy yeah. pick and roll makes a huge difference yeah, in opening that up. Yeah, uh, he he definitely needs to like figure in like getting getting with a better pick and roll partner. I, I think other than Waters, because like we know Waters is just sort of like a journeyman. Like late. all due respect, right? Right. He's right. not in the NBA. He had his chances. Right. He was a draft pick. He's a scorer. He is yeah. definitely. He, um, he's, he's not necessarily going to elevate Wimby in the, in the ways that are going to help him out. Not and, like but Scoot you're, could. But you're right. I, Imagine I think seeing Scoot and Wimby on the court together. They'd be a heck of a team. I mean, is there a team that interests you the most that you could see like, man. For Wembenyama? Yeah. Mm. He helps everybody. I mean, it's like he's a floor-raising player, I think, defensively. I mean, the clean slate would be Utah. That'd be the clean slate. Where it's a new franchise that that they need a star, they traded everybody else. San Antonio, you know, they have the Duncan aspects, right? Replacing, you know, a legend, another number one pick, that'd be very cool. How about how about just throw them onto Oklahoma City <laughs> with Chad? <laughs> <It's always> <laughs> <laughs> we just want to guys. see it. Yeah, I just well, love we, to see it. We got excited <laughs> enough about seeing Chet or you know Chet and Poku do the arm to arm thing. I, I would, I would, yeah, it'd be fun if we could. Uh, how about Houston? Houston with Jalen Green, Ty Ty Washington, the backcourt that they could be growing there. You get Jabari Smith Jr., a long six ten versatile defender. Imagine that front court. With those guys together, that'd be nuts. Yeah, Tari, Tari, I think defensive. Tari actually did a lot, I think, to kind of shift the potential, like kind of defensive um, character of that team. Um, I, I think that you're still a little skinny in the backcourt. Um, with Houston, you're t- we talking here? Yeah, you're still you'd still be a little bit skinny, but I, th- I think that uh, I mean. Yeah, that would, that would be a heck of a team because Jabari is so defensively, like, positionally mature uh, for his age. Are teams like Charlotte, Sacramento, Portland, New York, are those teams making a mistake not tanking? This episode is brought to you by Honda. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. That's a good question. What should New York be doing right now? Is, is New York 
they obviously is signing like assign Jalen Brunson a mistake. For sure, them. sure. You know, like 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 should they just be trying to be like, you know what? Let's try to get some fourteen percent draft odds, baby. I don't think that their fan base is going to have the stomach to like reverse course and go back. And then what if you then what if you miss? All well, this assumes well, that this? you get the chance. How about this? Like maybe they shouldn't be tanking, but are the the Knicks fall into the category of a team or a fan base where actually you should be happy that you missed the playoffs? Because even if you don't have the top odds, if you have the seventh best odds or the eighth best odds, it's still pretty good. Like you know, you get you get a you know a solid chance to land a number one pick. You want to reverse course for the chance to get a solid pick, or I don't know. I, I don't. I just not don't. reverse course as much as the East is just so good. You just miss the playoffs, and you end up with Would the, the, the eighth, ninth yeah. worst record. Yeah, he would do a lot to kind of. I mean, he's going to help any team, man. I mean, it is like you. If you're going to talk about a player who is that generally generationally special, you're going to talk about a guy who is an instinct. Uh, context changer I, and the the portland's an interesting one yeah I mean, they they chose to dig in and kind of stick with their guy and try to make some moves here in the short term to be to be competitive um that's one i would think about that's one that's one that i would think trading damien lillard what that opens a whole can of worms of just logistically how do you do that i mean i think i think the other thing that's sort of ominous and uh, that is in the air though it's just sort of like portland's history with like centers like i would be absolutely terrified if i was a portland oh, fan God. something what's with the water up there dylan is it so what what is it about about portland that the bones just don't seem to uh, endure up there i don't know probably didn't have an answer poor for brandon that. roy yes it's not just bigs it is it is tough place to have uh, an athletic body i mean yeah. we're, we're gonna have you know a bad there's four teams in the west Utah, San Antonio, Houston, Oklahoma City. They're gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs. You know, we'll see who ends up eleven, whether it's Sacramento, Portland, whatever, or Lakers. You know, I don't know. Who knows? Whoever falls to eleven. But those four teams are gonna be at the bottom. In the East, it's a little less clear. Are there any teams in the NBA that you could say need to be reversing course for sure, one hundred percent? Time to stop trying to make the playoffs. Time to stop middling. Tank for Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson. Now get it done. A team, Tank. A team that's trying to win that shouldn't be trying yeah. to Is win. Is there any team that comes to mind like that's in that category? That even, Kyle, midseason, they're the five seed, the six seed, or the seven. They're in the playing bubble. Is there any team that you're like, you know what, pull the plug? Is it Portland? Did we already, you know, is it them? Is it is it somebody else that we haven't mentioned? Yeah, because these about... guys, like Victor Wembanyama, is a, a franchise altering talent. Yeah, he, he is. is that level of guy. So even if you only have a fourteen percent odd chance with the worst, you know, with the number one, you know, odds or a seven percent chance or nine percent chance, like I would love to have those chances to draft Victor Wembanyama rather than have a zero percent chance of winning the NBA Finals. Like which is there a team that falls into that category this year, or is the championship race so wide open that like it's almost hard to to feel that out? It is wide open. There are just so I mean the talent level as we've talked about that it's there's a lot of good extremely high. Yeah. I mean there are just so so yes. many competent. Even the bad teams in the league have interesting players on yep. there. I mean if you think about the teams in the East, 
I mean, like the Pacers don't seem to have any kind of illusion about what they're doing. They're bad. They seem like they're interested in being bad. I was thinking that if they trade Turner and Heald, then they for sure are wanting to be bad. I've heard they want to win, but like if they do that trade, they're trying to lose. That sources say. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) right. Sources say clearly rolling out a winning roster there. Uh, I mean, they they always try to win. They always have. That's true. They thread the needle. They do. Uh, I'm trying to think of Indiana's I mean, Port- a good one though. Indiana falls under that category. Portland is one. I don't really. And the, the Kings were another one. Washington. Was, uh, Washington. How about is, them? They just signed Beal to a five year. Do they super max no trade clause? Should they be you know trying to push him out? Or are they bad enough? That's the thing. Or are they? Are they like? I mean, Chris Stapps is going to play twenty games. Right. What does that even mean though? In the like, is he gonna? I don't. I don't know. Is he gonna? <laughs> The whip, is he going to make them so good that it's going to be a problem? I don't no. even know. Do we do we want him not playing so that they'll lose more? I what do, what do you think with the Wizards? Is, is that I mean, I'd be thing. pulling the plug for damn sure. They, it's well, well, <laughs> yeah. oh for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Annoyingly competent is what I would it, say if I was a Wizards fan. Just just bottom out. Will this go down as the most untradeable first pick in the draft ever? Like, no chance anybody would move it. I don't even know what would be the value that would be equal. Is it like 17 first-round picks from OKC? <laughs> and Chet? I don't Chet? even know. I don't th- I, and I, SGA? Like, I'm OKC, and I have the third pick. And I offer SGA, Chet Holmgren, oh. and like 12 or 13 first-round draft picks. Is that the price? Is that even acceptable? The health risk of it would, would make me ill. But with, with Web and Yama. Right? Yes. Like, so if you have number one, you would at least think about it, right? If, if OKC calls you and offers that, you have offers to really, be Chet and, well, and Chet has his own issues. Chet and SGA and like 12 first. <laughs> 12 first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, that's got to be the price, right? New Orleans calls up. They got a bunch of firsts. Utah has a bunch of firsts. Yeah. Somebody's gonna make that offer. You need a franchise player. So it, that's, I mean, that's 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 the level of thing we're talking about here. I mean, and like Chet's a potential franchise player. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just trying to think of like stars that would be equal, but I mean, I mean, I I would have real hesitancy about it, mainly just because the health thing is the only thing. If I was for sure that he was gonna be healthy, um, no, I've been very much on a like kick lately. Something that we were talking about with like young cores that Zach Cram and I were talking about for this thing that like, man, you can have a bunch of quarters and it still won't equal a dollar. We were talking about like the best young cores in the league. It's kind of teasing something. We're talking about that. And it's just like, would I rather have five pretty good young players or would I rather have Luca? Mm-hmm. The dollars are just so hard to get, man. And like Wimby is strikes me as a dollar like it's just a he's five dollars super super <laughs> special player potentially i mean i don't want to get struck by lightning by the basketball guards here but i mean like he's potentially like defensive player of the year level type player mvp potentially so i mean it's like you imagine the defensive impact of somebody like rudy gobert with like the fluidity from three dude i mean it's just like short circuit your brain just can't compute what you're seeing um it's wild. And that's the other side of it, you know, the international wave. It's continuing. Another potential MVP candidate coming into the league, Luka, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, and Victor Wembanyama coming next. Insane, dude. Do you, it is. Do you ever think that we kind of over we like overstate 
how weird it is though that like the international players are coming in because it's like kind of a numbers game where it's like there are only so many million people playing the game here. The game's bound to get better because just so many millions and millions of people are playing throughout the world. Um, yeah, like you said, I think it's encouraging that it's just going to keep snowballing. I mean, it, it, Vic is. He's incredible. He really is. Kyle, this is a special night. It was. Uh, I can't believe we saw it in person. And I debated about coming because I was coming home from vacation. I was like telling my wife, I was like, I think I got to go to this. <laughs> and I was elbowing Dylan throughout the game. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, could you? Like, yeah, I, you were I was, on the broadcast. Well, I, mean, I, I, well, I, yeah, I guess I was behind some cameras. <laughs> and so they showed me a couple of times. I'm not sure if like my reactions could be seen on camera. Were ever, you making O face behind the camera? A, a lot of O faces. <laughs> and, and, and like my arms behind my head, our arms in the air going crazy. I was a fan in the media section. I don't care. Sharing in the media section should be allowed for a game like this. Oh. And I damn well let it out. I was I was I screaming was... at the refs when they called the six foul on Wembenyama. <laughs> Were they and actually... they had the reversal. They reversed it. Thank goodness. Well, did. I was saying they should have done the G or the summer league rules. For they that. should. They should not be falling out in this game. Especially, no. even, if, even if only Scoot Henderson and Wembenyama aren't allowed to fall out, I'd be okay with that. Right. Foul all that. the other players out. Yeah. We'll have a one on one. I don't care. <laughs> foul them out on purpose. That's what I would. I would Donahue that on yeah. on that on that play where he got called for the sixth foul. Wembenyama called for the switch early. He was yelling for it. Switch. 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 And they did. And he reached for the ball almost immediately using his arms. It's like he knew he was going to go for the steal even before the switch happened. Yeah. It happened so instantaneously. I love Victor Wembanyama. Well, both. I, 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 love, I, like I, love him. Him. I like his personality. I, I oh, he, he's intense. He doesn't always show it. He can be stoic out there, but he's definitely involved. He talks, communicates, as does Scoot. Yeah. Both of those guys seem like highly intelligent, intelligent intense players. Yeah, Vic can run a little hot sometimes if like things aren't going his way. I think that's something I've noticed with him in like international plays that like I think he's gotten better at it. Yeah, he could kind of take himself out of the game if he got frustrated or something. But I, 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 from the small sample size that we've seen, he he hit that like no dribble fade, and I think it was in the fourth quarter. He hit that just like feet in front of us. I mean, like we we had a really good look at it, and and you just couldn't. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't think of another physical. I was trying to think of the, the people that I've laid eyes on in person that have just arrested me, like with Zion. The, just the the awe, awe-inspiring likeness of their frame. Zion is one. Right? Zion is, but Zion is more. We were talking about this. Like once Zion gets moving, you're like, holy shit. But like Vic just standing there i'm trying to think like i saw rudy gobert in vegas a few years ago and i'd never seen him in person. boban marjanovic and i was definitely like <laughs> couldn't believe it yeah i was gonna say and boban, then, like, i've never seen yao in person but i'd imagine he's similarly imposing yeah he, he makes Shaq look small vic is an inch shorter than yao so mm. that's i hope that's he wild. stops growing yeah i don't, don't want him to get any taller because then it gets into like uh-oh Real, yeah, Uh-oh. in the real world, yeah. he begins. Right? No doubt about it. His, yeah. his, I know. I saw after the game, his mom is like six foot three. His dad looks like he's like six nine, six ten, something like that. Okay, tall family, that's yeah. for sure. I just hope he stops growing. Yeah, but I hope he keeps getting better. And Scoot Henderson too. 
And there are a lot of good players in this class, man. Like, yeah, this is a fun class. Exactly. So it's it a is. lot better than last year's, I mm -hmm. think. I I'm excited for the uh, next you know, handful of months coming up, Kyle. Last question. Should Victor Wembenyama shut it down? I'm glad I came to the first game. I have to fly home tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be hard to top what he did last night. Should he shut it down and not play? Yes or no? He's the number one pick. What, what, what is there to gain besides reps and that experience? That was an incredible showing. There's a lot more guys on the G League Ignite that can show off. There are even some guys on on the Metro team that could that could get some attention too. I mean, we got what we came for. You know, let's not let's not get greedy. Let's enjoy and savor this guy. Don't take a chance. Sure, shut it down. Why not? What do you think? Yes, he should shut it down tonight. <laughs> I mean, from a yeah. business sense, yes, <laughs> yes, he should. He should shut he should it down. But I, but I want to see him play on Thursday. I want to see him play throughout the whole season. I want to see him, see him get that experience. I want to feel the satisfaction and the joy of seeing him get better and better as the months go by. I want to see that happen. Proud so I want him Papa. to play selfishly, but from a business standpoint, if I'm his agency, if I'm his parents, if I'm Victor myself, like, what is there? Why to, play more? You know, why play more? There's everything to lose from having a major injury. And granted, there is stuff to gain, experience, reps. You get better. Like, you, you would. I'm still going to get better by not playing, by, by playing in a controlled environment. Like, we saw that dude gets fouls on three-pointers a lot. He mm -hmm. gets fouled on those. So I hope Victor Wembanyama stays healthy. And I hope these next, you know, this next year leading up to the draft is as exciting as tonight was because this is special kyle it was it was and also i just want to like say kudos to g league and to metro for doing this man i oh, mean yeah. like these types of events are just a treat like i, I want to see the g league the young players go and play international teams more frequently i know overtime elite has dabbled in with that, the nbl we so. have the australian league it's nice to see these crossover events it is crossover events are are fun i mean i wish we could get college teams more involved more frequently that's next i hope i hope yeah. so let's kick, can kentucky beat kick that door down the kinks like that like i want those conversations the I want sacramento to, I, kings? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying <laughs> the current kings i'm saying that is what people used to say right that when they were the kings the kings yeah, yeah the kings. Uh, that's that's what i want to see yeah i love i love this event yeah. i hope they do more stuff like it me too kyle kyle this was fun nice chatting with you tonight always buddy always Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. That was a lot of fun. I'm excited for all the Ringers NBA draft coverage we get coming up throughout the coming months. We'll have the NBA draft guide coming at some point later in the year. I'm fired up. I'm pumped and jacked, baby. Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. 
Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.